on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Changes were spotted in a Google carousel. In short, TikTok and Instagram are crashing the party. Like a newly installed, freshly glazed low E window, Google passages got a whole lot clearer this week. <laughs> we honor fellow marketers, highlight the most outlandish moments, and reflect on the biggest digital marketing losses of 2020 in this year's Clockskers Awards. Plus, you'll never guess what Mark got for Christmas. Click here to find out. Sick of school? Searching for a pop quiz? Well, <laughs> Professor Pachar has some questions for you right in the SERPs. We lay out the ad criteria that was listed a block from me on Instagram. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Mark Saltarelli. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on January 1st, 2021. Happy New Year! Woo! We did it! Yay! <laughs> Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join in the conversation, you absolutely can. Just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hey, everybody. I feel like I haven't seen you in a year. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's happening? That is my favorite. Oh, oh, my, oh my gosh. My, I'm knee slapping. Oh, my. Like, that is some Jasper level humor. I mean, I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> Threw me for a loop. You're just as funny as you were so last year. Your Greg. foresight isn't 2020. Hindsight now. <laughs> Thank you, though, because nobody laughed. So I made a joke. I had like planned ahead for something. I made a joke in Slack that my foresight was 2020, and nobody laughed. Nobody reacted. Nobody said anything until now. No, I didn't see that. Oh, <laughs> well, I was hilarious, and you are too. <laughs> so what's happening to you, Mark? You guys would not believe what I got for Christmas. <gasps> What'd you get? So, and I wasn't even expecting, so I didn't see this part of my family due to our current situation. But my aunt, who's a seamstress, made me, do you want to guess? Faux fur bathrobe. Wow. No. Um, a sweater with shoulder pads. No, that would be love. Both I would like both of those. If anyone wants to send those to me, like DM me, I will give you my address. Please feel free to send those over. But no, you are both wrong. It is a leather fanny pack. What? And she didn't even know about the fanny pack thing. She has no. She had no clue. And then she also made two of my other cousins fanny packs out of old curtains. Oh my god! Like vintage <laughs> curtains that are like weird. Wow. Wow. Runs in the family. What yeah, about you, bud? That's wild. I don't know. I just, my gift this year was my son discovering his belly button and everybody else's. He's like 
he like lifts up his shirt and points at his belly and then he'll lift up your shirt and poke in there into your belly button and he does this evil laugh and he's like <laughs> and like pokes in there and it hurts and i'm like i have a demon child <laughs> thank you for this oh, beautiful no. gift for the holidays <laughs> i don't know it's been well, a week he didn't get any presents this year he's got belly buttons <laughs> Yeah, I gave him gifts. <laughs> I gave him gifts, and he just wants to play with tummies. <laughs> and so for me, the racing setup went over superbly, almost too superbly. All my kids want to do is race, awesome. but it's also done exactly what we thought. Where I just race my wife at night all the time, and I'm so much faster than her, so it's fun. <laughs> but it's it's a problem because, and then my son is really fast too. But he started like trash talking. I'm like, you can't do that. You oh, have to like no. compliment. So now he's like very big and complimenting. But he's really fast. Yeah. But he just sits it. there and he grips the wheel <laughs> and he steers so hard in his hands. He just like little puddles of sweat because he's gripping it so much. That's like the best thing when you're a kid and you have the like steering wheel to go with your game set. It's mm-hmm. like so legit instead of using like the little controller. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. That's pretty amazing. If you have a grievance to air or spicy take to share, anything you want to get off your chest, our phone lines are open. Visit call.marketingaclock.com and leave us a voicemail, and we just might play it on the next week's show. And don't forget to grab your tickets to the SEJ eSummit. The conference of the year is just a few weeks away and people you don't want to miss it. Not only will you get to see this crew live, but it's a jam-packed schedule of kick-butt folks talking about everything from SEO and PPC to content and compliance, everyone's favorite subject. Whatever floats your boat, this is your boat. It's just around the corner on January 12th and 13th, so go get your tickets if you haven't already. And if you didn't get what you were looking for this holiday season, have no fear. You can order the ultimate Google Ads playbook by Christine Zernheld over on Amazon and myself and the Cypress North crew here. It is a fantastic read if you want to know how to really use Google Ads. And this year, this show this year is our technically our final one recorded in 2020, even though it's it's here on this very happy January 1st release date. But we have the year-end awards are clockskers where we actually have awards and we talk through some of the best things that have happened on the show this year so stay tuned for that there's no shooting the hack this week but there is a clockskers so something to look forward to <laughs> all right non giddy <laughs> non to the main news this week we released a recent marketing a talk where we go in depth on some things and the most recent iteration featured Cindy Crum and Casey Gillette, and we talked about passages. And we wanted to kind of cover what they were and then the content side of things. Uh, and that was released in December. And of course, once it was released, there are some things that changed based off of some bad illustrations that Google had given here. So to recap that, all the information on what you should do from a content side of things in that marketing talk is still spot on. Like, it's not going to be the time to ever do thin content again with the fact that Google's going to be able to go through, index your page, but take a specific portion of the page and use that. Um, and, and so the content still very much stand by, but the display is a little bit inaccurate as Danny Sullivan on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter account had clarified. So if you're looking over on YouTube or if you're head over to marketingclock.com, you can see the example that they gave at the search on conference and the following blog post. This is an example from Google where it shows before 
and you see the traditional blue link with the snippet text underneath it and then you see after and you see the text showing up uh, big and bold and you see the blue link and we joked i think john henshaw made a joke saying i'm never going to go to that dyi doityourself.com i'm sure it's a very fine site um, and it shows before and after and this has to do with the passages update well apparently that is not the case there's gonna be no display changes that happen with this passages update so just want to make that very, very crystal clear. Uh, Barry had asked Danny, will passage indexing ranked search result snippets look any different from normal snippets? Question mark. To which Danny said, why would they? It's like asking if link analysis results look different or if BERT analysis looks different. It's just another ranking factor. It doesn't change the look of the results. So then why did they post that picture? Mark. Don't ask smart questions. (laughs) So then Barry responds and says, I don't think it would. But the image in the blog post you guys wrote made it seem like it would and shows the exact image that Google wrote showing before passages and after passages. Barry's got the receipts. (laughs) So Danny says that's a bad illustration because it compares a regular snippet with a featured snippet. Any regular listing that becomes a featured snippet right now without passage ranking looks like that. Thanks. And Danny is salt of the earth, created, was one of the founders of Third Door Media and reported on this so long. And if, if with Danny on the team, if Google can't get these updates right, they never will. They never will. I mean, this is, why would you do it before and after? Yeah, also, Doesn't it's, make sense. it's two different things. So it's like two different results. Like if you're going to do a before and after, I'd want to know like how the same post might look yes. different 100%. in the search results. Yes. And it's like, oh, you're showing like two different things. So it's kind of like, oh, did this article rank higher than this other post? Because one post was written differently. There's just like too much going on in this image with nothing to support it. And it's like kind of like someone wrote the post and then like a supervisor was like, oh no, we can't publish this without an image. And they just like <laughs> grab something. Before it looks exactly the same as after. Let's make it, let's spice it up. <laughs> but so then Cindy went through and said, FYI, I think that illustration in the article really created a different perception. Obviously, yeah. you're showing before yeah. and after. So Danny said, yeah, I can understand that. Not the best way for us to have illustrated it. Well, for ordinary people, it was probably fine. For SEOs, I can see and understand they're seeing a display difference and interpreting it in a way that we didn't intend. How? That, not the best way to show it? It is completely <laughs> the worst way to show it. You couldn't show a worse way to show this. Also, do they think like anyone outside of SEO is exactly. like reading these Google updates. No like, ordinary do you think people just, saw like, this. Some like random person who like uses Google as Mm-mm. their search engine is like staying up to date and it's like, oh my results are going to look different because it's passage bank based ranking now. So now I know when I search for if the grocery <laughs> store has toilet paper this week that <laughs> this post might look different. It's like no 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 only digital marketers are concerned with this. 
<laughs> like, I don't what he means. Like, to ordinary people, it probably looked fine. And it's like, yeah, because ordinary people don't know what the hell you're talking about. They didn't even see it. It doesn't matter. They didn't see it. If the image know. was for them, you could have left it out. There was a lot of chat around the holiday dinner mm-hmm. table about the keyword Google search blog mm-hmm. in this post specifically at the family function. No, I didn't, there was Who's no family function. Nobody <laughs> was talking about All those this. ordinary yeah, people. No, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's only people, webmasters that would care about this. Yep. And it is absolutely the worst possible way to display any kind of change. Get rid of the image altogether in the great recent film recipe for seduction not recipe for love starring mario lopez a wise man once said to harlan sanders beat it crouton go back to the kitchen and that's what this image should do all right that's what this image should do and then i was like i I don't know I, i i hate getting things wrong and we said something that was technically incorrect because the after in the example is a feature snippet so we're going to link to this specific spot and you can try to figure it out yourself. Another item that Barry Schwartz from Search Engine Land, again, the one of the publications that Danny has started and now is not an advisor on, but a very reputable source, had asked Google and got an answer from a Google spokesperson when they asked, isn't this like featured snippets? And the specific question asked was, how does this differ from featured snippets where Google shows a passage of your content on an answer at the top of the Google search results? Google said it's, quote, systems determine the relevance of any web document via understanding of passages. Featured snippets, on the other hand, identifies the most relevant passage in a document we've overall determined to be relevant to the query. So that's it. But, but... If they're two different things, and, and Martin Split on the Search Engine Journal video that we referenced did talk about this, the two different systems. So I just hate that example that they gave from an image standpoint. And the fact that they're confused and saying that this might not might not be the best way to do it. Yeah, it's the worst way to do it. I don't know. <laughs> and then it's we don't have much news today. So it's also incorrect. The image that they gave, the the content is incorrect. There's no such thing as UV glass. Oh. The question is, how can I determine if my house windows are UV glass? And you you can't do that. That's like saying, how do I determine if my if I have UV lotion? So it's it's like you, you don't put UV in glass. You don't have you block things out. There's there's something called low E glass, which is a low emittance coating that can block specific UVA light from coming through. There's no such thing as UV glass. And when you look at it, the answer they pull through is incorrect in this example. So I'm going through and I'm like, how is this different? How did this earn the featured snippet result? It came from this forum. The forum thread got closed because people started arguing back and forth and discrediting <laughs> everybody else. And the the answer in this stupid featured snippet example they gave says, when it's dark, hold a lit match or lighter close to the glass in your window. Look at the reflection of the flame in the window, and you should see either two or three flames in the reflection. If you see two flames in the reflection, then your windows don't have low E coating. That is not how it works. You need to hold a lighter up. You need to get both of the f- flames there. Then you need to turn your head to turn the two flames into multiple flames, and you need to be able to see 
they'll start, once it starts bouncing off different portions of the glass in the low E coating, you'll then see four different things. And you look if there's a different color in there. It's not just you see, you hold the light up, you see two things, you don't have low E glass. It's a terrible answer. It's a terrible result. And if you go through and you read the thread, you find it got closed. And the final answer in this specific thread was, Agree with me or disagree with me. I don't care, but don't ever call me a liar. and Don't ever accuse me of trying to suggest something to someone because there's ultimately some sort of gain in it for me. So that's the result they're highlighting. That's the after. And that's Google Passages for you. Happy 2021. I'd like to make a nomination for Rant of rant the Year. Rant of the Year right there. And it's the first day. Oh, my goodness. I getting things wrong. No. And we were wrong on it, but it was a bad example. Not our fault. Not our um, fault. I think we had a missed opportunity to bring in a flame and test this on our, <laughs> our plexiglass fire. <laughs> oh, no, I'm seeing multiple flames when I look at Greg. I think this is low E for sure. <laughs> well, I'm on fire, so you're safe. All right, Jess, what do you got? Oh, this is way less controversial and exciting, so can't wait. Uh, <laughs> this one also involves very shorts. He, on Search Engine Roundtable had an article, you no longer have to be a YouTube clip to ride the short videos carousel in the Google SERPs. Barry has pointed out that Google is essentially accepting defeat with YouTube shorts before they've even really tried. Instagram and TikTok videos are now being featured in that short videos carousel in the SERPs, which as we know was previously just YouTube videos. And Barry's example, which you could see if you're watching on YouTube, um, it shows both Instagram and TikTok videos being served for a search for Packers, the football team. And I searched for it too and was able to replicate this myself. There was like a nice video of players playing in the snow, which was really fun. So that was cool. But Why total, wasn't it the Bills? Well, so I searched for the Bills because I hear they're really hot right now. They are. <laughs> they're they're actually current. They're, the um, NFL power rankings came out. And they're number one. Oh, it's amazing. And that was sports clock. Go sports. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like I, I had an inkling, right, that the Bills were doing well. So I thought, oh, I bet they have a short videos carousel. No, they don't. And they have an Instagram with fun videos. I checked. I followed the Bills on Instagram. So there's no reason it's not being pulled in. But Barry did say that he saw it with several teams. So if you have a favorite sports team, you can check it. Just don't check for the Bills. Why does everyone hate Buffalo? I don't know. I feel like it's a thing. Like this is our time <laughs> is to shine and we don't even to get live. to. We have a great team. They they posted a very funny video of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs the other day. It was very cute. That should have been on that carousel. Can we talk about Facebook. that too? Because like I've been driving around in my life and I see these political signs for Allen Diggs 2020 and I never got it until like last night when I was <laughs> looking at the Instagram. I'm like, oh, those are players. Yeah, they were at the green party, right? What? <laughs> Family first party. <laughs> they're just a couple Football of ordinary first. people talking about the search results. I don't know. It's wild. Yeah, it's, they're SEOs. You know. <laughs> anyway, check it out for your favorite team. See if you can see it and go Bills. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And in prior weeks, we talked about Twitter trying to get more things that may be relevant to you, like funny topics, funny <laughs> content. Well, Queen of Spice herself, Pamela Lund, at Pamela underscore Lund on Twitter, isn't having it. And here is her thread. Twitter, interested in football? Me. No. How about NFL? No. What about this team in a city visited 10 years ago? No. How about this player? No. How about this one? No. Fantasy football? 
No. This player's girlfriend? <laughs> FFS for heck's sake, let's say. And then she goes on to say. Fraggle's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter. Okay, okay, no football. Me. Great. Just tweets from the people I follow then. Maybe how about basketball? No. <laughs> NBA? Same thing. No. The Clippers? Really? No. Okay, the Warriors. I don't think you're hearing me. And I get all these dumb re- recommendations, and I'm with Pamela on this. Like, it's so many things. I get so many, mar- I keep Xing out of marketing, and I keep getting all this dumb oh. stuff, and I just don't want any of it. It's not. You don't want marketing? Have you seen marketing Twitter? I have. Jess? I don't want it. I, no I stay thanks. away from it, I, 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 but I've seen it. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take hashtag PPC. I, 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 I've seen things. It's too much for me. It's too much. It's mostly dog pics. <laughs> I mean, that actually sounds great. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's I-C-Y-M-I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have... I see why am I people from Austin Reef at Austin underscore Reef. That's R I E F has this wonderful thread. So one, when at morning brew began spending money on paid acquisition in 2018, two small insights exploded our growth 10 X in a year. Yep, that's right. 10x your life. What if the answer was just like, it's just Grant Cardone and it's a GIF? 10x. (laughs) (laughs) Thread over. (laughs) Small insights can have a huge impact. Here is what we learned. The first insight was that the best way to grow a specific medium was to get promoted on that medium. If you are a podcast, cross-promote with podcasts. If you are a newsletter, cross-promote with other newsletters. We found that the readers were acquired from ads and other newsletters were more than two times as engaged as readers we got from Facebook or referrals. Well, I mean, Facebook. (laughs) 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 Like that's, yeah, I believe that. Noticing this, we bought ads in every newsletter that would let us. These ads were incredibly effective in acquiring quality readers. On top of the quality, In 2018, the newsletter monetization market was nascent. Everyone was underpricing their ads. We were able to buy ads at a 50 to 75% discount that was charged a year later. As a bootstrapped business, this was great. When we began to exhaust the newsletters we sponsored, we needed to figure out a way to find more. A bunch of other companies had large email lists, but had no clue how to monetize them. They didn't even know how to create or sell an ad. We helped these businesses build out their ad department. In exchange, we received inventory in their newsletters. This opened up millions of newsletter impressions for us as the first advertiser. The second insight was due to two simultaneous events. First, we posted this Instagram on our feed and it blew up. You posted an Instagram. (laughs) Okay. It was our best performing Instagram post by far. For whatever reason, this humor landed. And it's a group message, and it's the boys. Um, It's Warren Buffett, anyone else bored. Jeff Bezos says, yeah. And Jamie Damone says, want to come over and play Settlers? And I just want to say, I hate this so much. I would have, like, blocked the account. 
We give no opinions. We don't influence. Well, that was the last section. <laughs> <laughs> and all we do is give opinions. Influence, so. I give Mark lots of opinions. <laughs> I like to extend my influence. <laughs> Next, we had heard that Instagram was ramping up Instagram story ads. This was very early for IG stories. Oh, maybe they should try LinkedIn stories next. We always like to be the first to test out a platform, and so we brainstormed what our first IG story ad be. We thought, why not try to use the humor or of the fake conversation with the Instagram story ad format? <laughs> Combining these two ideas, we launched our first ever IG story ad. Performance was insane. We couldn't spend money fast enough. We had never spent more than a few thousand dollars a day on Facebook and didn't even realize that we had a 10K daily cap on our ad spend. We were hitting that by noon. That doesn't mean anything. Like, just because you're spending a lot doesn't mean that you're performing well. People what? keep clicking. Where is this going? I, I, um, I just, I look at that as an ad and I don't, I don't like it. But like, what's the purpose? It's just brand, I don't, whatever. Yeah. Again, if I got that ad, block. (laughs) Um, We were getting subscribers for 10 cents each. Okay, there we go. That is performing well. Um, We were refreshing ads manager every 15 minutes, and the subscribers just kept coming. While those crazy numbers only lasted a week, it changed the trajectory of morning brew growth forever. I'd also be worried about those. Yeah, who are you getting? With that, I don't want mess. Like, I can't imagine that the subscribers you get from Instagram story ads are going to actually open your emails. Because I think like the email that's connected to like my Facebook and Instagram is like the one I made in like mm. middle school, and I don't look at it. It's all junk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love how the uh, the morning brew is like really open with a lot of this stuff, and they've had these threads before, and we've covered it. And I like. I think there's a lot of value in here, but but some of it is a little bit off. But hey, you know, maybe it's for you. Yeah, I love the first half. I think that's yeah. so smart. Like yeah. you're going right after your audience. The second half, I'm kind of like, this is the same company giving this advice so yeah there's a little bit more to that thread you can check it out in the show notes on marketingaclock.com but those are our feelings on the matter do what works for you but amen good good thoughts in there please don't make an ad with jeff bezos (laughs) that's all i ask now it's time for this week's lightning round pew pew at this point in the show we split up our content into three parts paid organic, and social. First up in the news this week, in our paid lightning round, from Dr. Augustine Fow at AC Fow on Twitter, P&G's Facebook spend went down during the Stop Hate for Profit boycott, but P&G's Instagram spend, which was larger, did not. And I think we talked about this when the Stop Hate for Profit campaign was popular. Mm-hmm. And like, we are like, do these people know that Facebook and Instagram are the same company? <laughs> yeah, they do. And, that, and it's like, and they know that. And like, their people, their advertising agency knows that. They're running ads on the same platform. And it's like, this is all optics and no actual commitment. Like, it's, so awful we warned you back then mm -hmm. about that like you people can see where you're spending money and but i think i think did we like exclusively call out procter and gamble because i feel like we talked about how some of these bigger brands were definitely still still spending as much on instagram there were a few i don't remember if they were one of them though yeah i think we were talking about a few of the 
the car manufacturers. I forget exactly who, but. Yeah, I don't remember. It was like ages ago. It was back in 2020, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> now we're seeing 2021. <laughs> really good vision. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I don't know which I way to the numbers about eyes. go. I just have them. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Next up from Sean Ellie at SLE2134 on Twitter. Had been struggling with a brand campaign in Bing for a fairly large brand and was about to abandon Bing altogether for them. It used to be a very profitable platform. Direct ROAS had gone from the 90s to 2, while CPCs had increased from $0.45 cents to $1.02, and impression share went from 80 to 55%. We asked the client for one more, and as a last-ditch effort, removed nearly all negative keywords, even though most were exact or phrase and not our brand. This worked. CPCs are back down to $0.50, cents, Impression shares up to 87 and ROAS is 55.31 in December. Wow. Wow. As a reminder that Bing is not just getting broad with the regular keywords, but with negative keywords as well. And it might be some time for some early spring cleaning. Like what the actual hack? Wow. Like I like I know they have the they have far worse close variant matching than Google, but I can't believe they extended it to negatives. This like negatives should be original match types and yeah. that is it like what is going on over there i can't wait to bring this up to our microsoft rep <laughs> yeah sean's a great follow so follow him on twitter s-e-l-l-e-y two one three four and rounding up the paid news it's our lovely friend julie Bacini, and at neptune moon on twitter and lauren siegfried at ali siegfried on twitter asked a question does anyone actually know why google considers every query in a dsa campaign as an exact match for instance competitor queries triggering ads despite not being present on any landing pages hashtag ppc chat and then julie responds with what we're all feeling well it's not like match types really mean anything anyway <laughs> So not exactly news, but worth mentioning. Mm, <laughs> Thanks, and Julie. Crying. And now our segment beyond Google Ads. Google doesn't care about you, but we do. This is another great tactic from our friend Julie that she loves to talk about all the time. And that while Facebook doesn't have great targeting for business to business, a great tactic you can use is when you're running ads on LinkedIn, actually use a landing page and do not use a lead form so that you can send some of that traffic to your site and remarket it. And if you have your Facebook pixel set up, you can create both remarketing audiences for your LinkedIn traffic and target those B2B people on Facebook and Instagram. And then you can actually use that website audience of those people with the right job titles, industry skills, whatever targeting you're using on LinkedIn to see to look alike. So that is a great way to get a quality business to business audience on Facebook, despite them not having the best tools for that um, natively. Love it. And that's it for paid this week. Greg, what's popping over in organic? Well, let's change the topic here and talk a little bit about passages. Again. Oh. <laughs> All right. So there is a question on Twitter about whether the data no snippet attribute will work for passages. And this came from Cindy Crumb. She said, and can we please confirm that it will work for 
passage ranking star in stars if there are people who don't want passages and subtopics for that matter. So, so the point is, can you opt out of passages by having them pulled through using the data no snippet? And, and you can't. And one of the problems is Google uses snippet too much. There's a featured snippet, which is a quick answer for a listing, which is different than the snippet, which is people many times call the meta description, the black text underneath the blue link. And then there's the data no snippet, which only works on featured snippets and opting out of featured snippets and doesn't have to do anything with the snippets within the search results. Does that make any sense to anybody? Because what I said is correct, even though it is a rat's nest. They're all snippets. (laughs) (laughs) So you cannot use no snippet to opt out of passages. You use <laughs> because passages aren't featured snippets. <laughs> Just don't look at the blog post. Did she ask this question before or after or the, the ordinary day. people same figured day. out the image? Okay. Uh, I, okay. I don't know particularly. But in, to our credit, I will not name names. I reached out to a Google rep and asked them to come on the passages show and was and was politely, very politely turned down. And for many, sh- I've asked them to come on ad shows as well. I've reached out many times, and I will keep continue to do so. Have they seen so- your shirt? They're not coming. Oh, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, they're I, not doing anything to change our minds. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yes, so you cannot opt out of passages unless you want to take your entire page out of the index. And by taking your page out of the index, Google can't rank that page because it's not in the index. All right. And from Barry Schwartz, the heart, definitely he is always leading the charge here at the end of the year. And Google search results show practice problems for studying. And so in this example, you could do a search for optics and you get practice problems <laughs> for that are related to physics. So you can see ray optics is valid when characteristic dimension are, and you can try to choose a little test so cool i saw a funny tweet from somebody i don't can't credit it but they asked if there's going to be practice for the google skill shop questions oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for organic jess what's happening in social all right first up in social is a tweet from 2020 bff of the show glenn gabe that's at glenn gabe on twitter and i shall read the tweet oh boy he says with an arrow A small business owner shares a conversation with an employee from Instagram, an IG media expert, who told her the algorithm favors reels and that it will that it wants to see all features slash post types used and that it favors users that consistently use the app. And this is the TLDR of an article written by Rachel Reichenbach, who is an artist, small business owner, and frog cult leader, according to her Twitter bio. She is at Rainy Loon on Twitter if you want to follow her. And if you have time, I recommend that you do read the article because she's pretty funny and practical as opposed to the -the over-the-top suggestions from this Instagram rep that she was talking to who suggested making four to seven compelling reels per week for a month. Oh, you could do that, Jess. Keep throwing that cheese. <laughs> it's been like six months and I've made one. So <laughs> I'm right on target. But back to the main point here. When it comes to visibility on Instagram, which is typically followed by greater engagement, three things. Embracing hot new features matters. Varying the types of posts you publish matters. And using the app often matters. So don't just log in to post something and then leave and not come back for a week. So let's just pause and let that soak in. 
read the article. Okay, unpause, because it's time to talk about Facebook and surprise, Yay. not in a positive light. So this is from BuzzFeed News, and I'm going to read the title and the subtitle because it says a lot. After the U.S. election, key people are leaving Facebook and torching the company in departure notes. A departing Facebook employee said that the social network's failure to act on hate speech, quote, makes it embarrassing to work here. Sheesh. So this Facebook employee said that despite being proud of their own work on a team focused on violence and incitement, that the social network as a whole simply isn't doing enough to squash hateful and violent content on the platform. And this employee is a data scientist, by the way, and they noted that roughly one of every 1,000 pieces of content or 5 million of the 5 billion pieces of content posted on the network daily violates the company's rules on hate speech. And that, quote, even with artificial intelligence and third-party moderators, the company was deleting less than 5% of all the hate speech posted to Facebook. End quote. So if you want to learn more about integrity issues with the election, too, you can dig into this. I just if you're itching to go back to that time in your life or you want to start the new year in a terrible mood, definitely read it. Link is in the show notes. But I I don't want to have a bad taste in my mouth for 2021. So I'm done with that one. Bye bye. <laughs> I'll take taste. <laughs> that was in poor taste (laughs) i i could smell you from here and i got smell you later (laughs) bye now it's time for this week's wth misguided like who does that (laughs) just get rid of it i'm over it where we rant rave and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic what are we coming to honestly see what had us asking w t h this week this week's WTH is from Gizmodo. Did you guys read it? Did you skim it? Oh, no. I, read, I should. I, read, I had the times. I didn't have much to prep this week. I, should I read, read the it. name of it. You read the name of it? Yeah. The name of the article? Perfect. Then oh, you're, no. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, for those of you that didn't read it and you're listening to us for the news, essentially- this audio program. Yeah. <laughs> Four researchers presented findings in a new blog post for the International Monetary Fund that examines the current relationship between finance and tech as well as its potential future. And their crystal ball essentially says that your browsing data, your search history, and your purchase behavior could create a more accurate mechanism for determining the credit rating of an individual or a business, i.e. using your online behavior as what they call soft data points to help give you a credit score and the name of the article is your credit score should be based on your <laughs> web history imf says yeah it should not i, I don't know take that idea and throw it right into that base camp dumpster yeah right it just seems like it, and i don't think it would work either because does big tech really play it nice with anybody doesn't make any sense like right now like the two most major things that affect your credit score are how long you've had credit and how well you pay off your credit and um, also like the amounts of, of three things, of Overhead. outstanding credit. And those things all are related to like how much of a financial risk you are. What does my browsing history have to do with how much of a financial risk I have? Answer for you, everything. Because I'm gonna, we're all, and our listeners are gonna be at the forefront. We're gonna be like, 
Am I too upstanding of a citizen? Mm. So everybody, start <laughs> typing that in right now. Like, am I giving too much? No. Do I have too much money? Should like that's what we need to start putting in now into Google. That's what we need. How to invest ahead my millions? Yes. Yeah. I have too much money. What do I do? Yeah. That's Why is my credit doing. score so good? Yeah, exactly. And it's, so the researchers even said in here that like they thought it could help lenders cut you some slack because your credit like the hard credit things that they look at could paint a more dire picture during hard times. And I think that that's lovely rose colored glass view. But like I really don't see how this would help anyone. This is right. Everything is abused like this Thank will you. not if this ever exists it will not be used in a gratuitous manner no it's not gonna help anyone it's not gonna for be sure nice. it's gonna hurt the people who are already hurting the most thank you wth and that brings us to our real life segment straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes it's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I cannot stand the new Google Tag Manager debugger that's replacing the original preview mode. I know they had to update it because to make it less reliant on cookies, but it there's been a lot of issues. So first of all, I was working from home. I had my personal computer and my browser i had i was in my like work google tag manager account and then when i hit preview it took me to my personal gmail account because that's what my browser was logged into so it like was connecting to some random google tag manager thing i had in my personal account and it wouldn't let me preview anything because it wasn't the right tag manager account because it wasn't when i hit preview like, why wouldn't it stay in the account I was hitting preview in? Why would it switch to another account when it opens that in a new tab? And it took me like a good 15 minutes to realize that's what was happening, is that it was switching what account I was logged into when I hit um, the new tab. So I had to make a new profile in my Chrome that was based on my work email instead of my personal email and do that all separately. Then... I was trying to use that on a landing page and our landing pages for this client are an unbounce and they're on a subdomain. So this was not working on the subdomain. And traditionally, whether or not you make a separate container um, for Google Tag Manager is solely based on like how different is the site. Like if you're using a subdomain, the sites are similar and you don't really need a, like you might not need a separate container if kind of the same things are happening on your site versus like your subdomain. So now if you're using a subdomain, you need a separate container, like it's a must. And if you're doing a lot of the same thing, you're gonna have to be duplicating everything you're doing in the main container into the other container using for the subdomain. It is awful and is making so much extra work and I, I simply do not understand why this is happening. So, <laughs> Jess, I hope there's some better things going on over in your accounts. Yeah, and I hope that all those profiles don't affect your credit score, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have a, a Mark saved my life moment this week. I've been using Google Sheets for years, and I feel like a total rube. I did not realize that in the same cell, you can put different links on different pieces of text. So Mark taught me that you can just highlight in the formula bar the exact text that you want to link and then highlight a different set of text and link that separately. And I just thought the link belonged to the cell and that was it. So like psh, blew my mind. So hot tip for y'all if you didn't know. What about you, Greg? 
Well, we use SEMrush here, aka SEMrush, aka SMrush, mm -hmm. and they came out and, and said the actual name. And it's like, I'm like you're still SMrush to me. But they have a really cool keyword gap that is phenomenal for paid, especially when setting up a new account. Mark and I were working on something, uh, a B2B SaaS client that you're already killing it for, Mark. And the keyword gap allows you to see the paid terms with competitors and then see to choose a specific URL for your pro version and you can see the unique terms for that site. So you can see if somebody has a set of terms that you don't have. And it's great when you're just getting onto a client, just seeing what's out there. You can see all the CPCs and everything like that. So it is phenomenal and that is unpaid. It's just a great thing that I appreciated here. Saved a lot of time and got me some extra visibility. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is SiteLiner, a handy tool to help you uncover duplicate content on your site. With SiteLiner, you just enter your domain and it will scan your site looking for multiple instances of the same content. And if it finds any, it'll tell you the percentage of a page's content that matches another page on your site. So if it's 100, that's bad. But if it's one, maybe you just have the same call to action or something. And if you're not sure what it is, you can actually click through to view that individual page within the tool. And SiteLiner will highlight all of the common content on each page so that you can easily assess what actually needs work. And for bonus points, SiteLiner also checks for broken links in the scan process too, which is always nice to know about. So it's a great tool to have in your pocket for site audits and it's completely free to use. So head on over to SiteLiner.com and check it out. And there are some paid levels on there, but you can see a lot for yeah. free. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Brittany Berger at VetBberg, B-E-R-G, on Twitter. And she seems like a lot of fun, so go give her a follow. But it's over on Search Engine Journal, and the name of the content is Six Ways to Repurpose Content with Instagram's Most Popular Features. So if you're out there creating content and you're looking to go full, like what Jess was talking about with some of the different four to seven posts a week, <laughs> and you're looking for reels, she's broke down six different ways you can repurpose content on ways that are Instagram friendly. And some of them are like, hey, I got these screen I'm going to screenshot a tweet. I'm going to do this. I'm going to use galleries. So it's been a slow week, but this is just a nice job by Brittany of how you can repurpose your stuff over on Instagram. Thank you, Brittany. And now to this year's Clockskers, what some say are the most prestigious award show in all of digital marketing, well, at least the people here in this room. <laughs> on to the Clockskers.
and welcome to the 2020 Clockster Awards. Yay! Through the magic of editing, Jessica Budd has disappeared from view, but she is here in voice. Um, I have appeared. Everyone else has changed their clothes, and I hear that Mark's beard looks just a little bit worse than it did before. <laughs> so this is our end of the year award show. We are going to honor some special moments from the show, some special people in our Marketing O'Clock community. Um, anything else? Yeah, some people have said these are the most prestigious awards in all of digital marketing. Yeah, I've heard that too. We put about 30 minutes of prep work into this and we're gonna give it a go. That was generous. 32. <laughs> More generous. <laughs> so please welcome to the stage, um, but not on camera. <laughs> Jessica Budd will be presenting our first award. Awesome, well normally I look dead um, with the lighting here, so I'm glad I can just be a ghost. The Boom. first category of the clock skirts of 2020 is sound bite of the year. And the nominees are Shep. Oh no. Oh no. The second nominee is Shep. Mummy sound. Scientists were able to mimic Nessie Amun's voice by recreating his mouth and vocal cords with a 3D printer. It allowed them to produce a single sound. <laughs> That wasn't really a mummy sound. <laughs> okay, who's the winner? Oh, <laughs> this is a huge responsibility. Um, uh, I mean, we need to contribute to the scientific community. It's important. So mummy sound for the win. Yeah. I accept this award on the mummy's behalf. <laughs> we'll send him a message. For song of the year. This first one you may have forgotten because it's something that you used to know. <laughs> Goat Yay cover by Greg. No, YouTube didn't have to stoop so low. Post video content and then go add those ads. I guess I don't need that, no. Now you're just adless videos that I used to know. Shop, oh shop by Satchel. Ship Oh ship I heard you're pregnant Congratulations to you Please don't play the full song <laughs> And last but certainly not least Marketing O'Clock's favorite artist Dakiti by Bad Bunny <laughs> And the winner is Shepo Shep by Satchel! <laughs> that wasn't even close. I'd have to send Satchel as a word. I think yeah. Bad Bunny had a pretty good chance. I'm sorry, Greg. You won everything else this year. <laughs> you didn't record a full-length song. It just wasn't fair. All right, and next up we have our most boring and over-reported story of 2020. And the nominees are election ads on social media ad platforms. The CCPA, antitrust drama, and TikTok getting banned in the U.S. This is a tough one. Can I can I decide on this? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with CCPA. Okay. Mm. 
Yeah, I think I should get to accept this award because I was mostly the one who had to report on it. And um, we can also give some credit to Mr. Alistair McTaggart. Agree. Can't forget about him. Okay, so the next award, it's a really competitive one. This is for the best named update of 2020. This year had some good nominees, right? <laughs> it's a neck and neck race. <laughs> the most unique names I've ever heard. I don't know what creative team they have over there, but those people are wild. <laughs> and the nominees are the January 2020 core update, the May 2020 core update, These are in no particular order. <laughs> Actually, they are. They're Just in the calendar order. <laughs> and finally, the December 2020 core update. I'm going to decide that the award is going to go to the December 2020 core update because um, I would just say it was the biggest surprise. I was really shocked by that name. But the category is best named, not biggest surprise. They had us on the edge of our seats. <laughs> All right. Next category is the It's About Time Award. And the nominees are Twitter gets a frequency cap. Microsoft advertising finally gets LinkedIn targeting after promising it two years ago. The edit tweet option. Oh. <laughs> we can get that. <laughs> the organic Google shopping listings. And the winner is LinkedIn stories. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were picking the LinkedIn one. I was gonna be really mad. That's what should great. really win because it's actually what we've all been waiting for. Yeah. But sorry. <laughs> Business memes forever. <laughs> w T H 2020 edition. First up, Bloomberg. Strategies for showing your boss that you're keeping busy. While working from home. That was <laughs> that, what it was about. That was an egregious, <laughs> egregious article with egregious cartoons, if you remember. <laughs> that was awful. I know. Unfortunately, my boss can see me through this plexiglass screen, <laughs> so he knows exactly what I'm doing right now. Not keeping busy. <laughs> a high school student created a fake 2020 candidate. Twitter verified it. Nobody else can get verified. Just like Greg. (laughs) Invisible censorship. TikTok told moderators to suppress posts by ugly people and the poor to attract new users. So terrible. And don't you dare have a crack in your wall. I have like Chevy decor. Chevy decor. Chevy decor. Oh my gosh. That was like right in the midst of the pandemic starting up and we had to report on that. It's like, what world are we living in? I think in? those two were like this, like right in a row. Ugh. I report on both of those. A time. A time to be alive. <laughs> Man creates traffic jams by carrying 99 <laughs> phones and hilarious Google Maps. Okay. Hack. Nobody thought that was funny but me, but I just loved it. And don't forget the wagon was for babies. Yeah. It was so small. <laughs> this is the second time today that she's erupted in laughter. We have, everyone needs to watch this clip again. It's amazing. It was art. It was an artist. Okay. I, 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 this really takes street art to a new level. <laughs> Last up, 
in this wonderful, confusing roundup. Beware of Zoom bombing. Screen sharing filth to video calls. <laughs> Ooh. That's why we all have to have a password now every time we get into a Zoom call or wait to be admitted by the host. So thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Tubin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's the winner? Ooh, there's a lot of bad in 2020. Most of it's not even on this list. <laughs> Personally, my vote is for the Bloomberg article. I think that was just really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was when everyone was working from home for the first time, and it was about pretending you were working when you weren't. That article w- should win it, but the contents of a well-written article, the TikTok article, th- was actually WTH worthy. I, I, yeah. And I think that was amazing reporting and that's the one that stuck with me the most i'm always like don't delete me there's a crack in my wall <laughs> okay that's two votes for tiktok and that's enough to win congratulations tiktok <laughs> your suppression sure you won. <laughs> your suppression of ugly people and the poor has won you a clock skirt mm-hmm. that's yeah sad. i can't say we're rich but we are good looking <laughs> and now on to a very very tightly contested category the woke of the year, the worst of all time of the year. And we have four different ad platforms vying for the woke of the year. First up, Google Ads. Second, Facebook Ads. Third, Twitter Ads. Four, Captera. Now, everybody here is probably going to have to think long and hard about this. So let's take a little moment of reflection and let's go around the room and let's find out your votes. I think it is a little competitive. Yeah. It's very good. Right. I'm going to need to sleep I on can't this. Tell if you're can, being we, can we record this part at a different time? <laughs> I, I need to contemplate. No, we need your answers now. And let's start with Shep. Okay. Facebook is the runner up, but it's Google. I'm going Facebook only because. I just can't use it. And at least Google is telling us why it sucks. Mm. Way to be different, Joss, because the correct answer is Google Ads. It is like- Google Ads. <laughs> okay, there's the winner. And next up we have, speaking of Google Ads, we have the award for Google Ads Hates You of the Year. This was the news story that made it the most clear that Google Ads hates advertisers. Do we have enough time to fit this in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first nominee, this happened really early, but they announced that they were cutting support, not because of the global pandemic, but just because they hate us. Um, they didn't give a reason. They made a point to say it was not because of the pandemic. That was great. It was Call like March. Twitter, right? Yeah, it was, it was March. Wonderful. Like, we're cutting customer support. Oh, no, it's not, not because of COVID. It's not because of COVID. <laughs> Great. Love to see it. Um, the next uh, early, early front runner that was usurped later in the year, the Google Partner Changes announcements um, that they would be looking at optimization scores as a reflection of your partner status. Um, you know, we, we just love that. And next we have the non-important search queries being hidden. Non-significant was the word they use. Mm-hmm. DST fees. Those happen in the same week. And finally, mm. let's not forget about auto-applied recommendations. That was very traumatic for me to sit through that. And my vote for the worst Google Ads announcement of the year has to be the search queries 
being hidden. Followed close behind by the partner changes, but search queries they gave us absolutely no warning. Like we just came in on a Monday and they were gone. And I'm gonna go opposite. I'm gonna go search partners because I think that forcing the hand of your agencies in order to be a partner and forcing them to do your bidding is actually evil. Mm-hmm. I I have to agree with Shop that it's search queries because while like being a partner is a nice thing like that badge isn't essential they weren't really giving us that much at this point anyway but not having those search queries really has a direct impact on performance yeah i mean not like we need a swing vote but can i just vote for that one too because it's garbage (laughs) (laughs) and next up we have the in memoriam section we're going to take a little break to reflect on some things that we lost this year Search terms. Message extensions. Full day YouTube masthead ads. In-person events. The old Microsoft advertising interface. Google ads Twitter account. Quibi. Greg's face without a glasses glare. Custom intent and custom affinity audiences. Gmail campaign. Duplicated featured snippets. Our old studio, including the trains and the gentlemen upstairs. The last few social media networks without stories. Facebook support? Or was that last year? Mr. Peanut. Hugs. The Marketing O'Clock Bite Account. Rob Leathern's DMs. No follow. Actually, no follow. Facebook's forced campaign budget optimization migration. Facebook's 28-day attribution window. Never mind. Political ads on Twitter. The Google Gallery Ads Beta. The ability to prevent ads from showing on your YouTube videos. Reasonable Google Partner Program requirements. Google Play Music. Google Nest Secure. Hire by Google. Our bad audio. Hooray. (laughs) We lost so much. (laughs) All right, our next category here at the Kalakskars 2020 is Rant of the Year. And the nominees are Shep versus Rob Leathern. (laughs) In product reporting, tools, appeals, Appeal flows? Is that a thing? They don't have appeals. They don't work. (laughs) And then he has links with places to start. And he also like pinned it to the top of his profile. Like he's basically just like, stop talking to me. Greg on search queries. RIP. I love Google ads despite my my criticism. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's, it's helped us create a company. It's helped us make so much money for our clients. It's helped. It's my favorite platform. I, I, I love Google ads and I love it more than these idiots that are, are out there. And, and this is a short term way to make money, but you are long term. Just you are, you're, you're, you're bloating this platform. It's 
we love Google ads for the granularity and the, the data. We're not going to have data anymore. It's like you're, you're, you're championing this and, and saying this is the best way to advertise and you're taking this all away. Google has this golden goose and it's, it's AdWords, AKA Google ads, whatever you want to call it. And they're like, this thing is making us money. Look at us. Look at our stock price. This thing's awesome. This is great. And then somebody set this up and is so proud of this, this golden goose that keeps laying these golden eggs. And then somebody gets hired on to the ads team and it's like, you know, what people like faux gras. Let, let's do that. Right. What? We're going to, we're going to take, we're going to take this golden goose and instead, and, and we're just going to, we're just going to start cramming down. We're going to make the partners force these changes on their clients. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's get rid of exact match, but let's call it exact match. So people don't know it's not exact match. Let's make broad match match anything under the planet, even if it's not a real match. Like let's make close variants be things that have no freaking match for it's not remotely close. Let's do that. That's great. And then it's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's get out an auger here and let's take all the search terms and just force more changes down this goose. And yeah, you're going to have a piece of golden liver and your duck's going to be dead in 100 days. You're not going to make it 12 years like the average lifespan of a duck. And I hope Apple comes out and I hope they, they care about customers and I hope they put Google out of business. Greg versus YouTube ads, which we have listed in here as a non-rant. <laughs> it's because halfway through the rant, I'm like, I'm not ranting. And he goes, I guess you are. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, somebody's on your page watching your video on YouTube and your competitor ad shows up in the middle of it. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad to say, but this is what Google's doing. They are They have... OKRs of squeezing every dime out of everything they can do at the cost of product. And they've decided that's the case and that's what they're going to do. So should you use YouTube as your main video platform? No. Uh, Greg Kramer over here, you should buy, buy, buy some sort of other video hosting platforms because nobody's use YouTube anymore. It doesn't make sense. YouTube made a lot of sense when you could cut off the end cards and you cut off the branding and make it transparent at least. And they took that away. And now that you're like, yeah, all this hosted video you've got, everything that you're you're using, you're going to run ads in there and you have no control. And then you have a channel and you only have 7,000 subscribers and we're just going to run ads on all your content and not pay you. It's, it's criminal, criminal, hashtag criminal. Waiting for that word. I just, (laughs) somebody (laughs) over people and we don't care about anybody anymore. You're just numbers to us and we're gonna see exactly how much we can get out of you and your number and we're gonna maximize everything. And it's sad, but it's, it's, this is very true to form. It is quite on brand. And it's one of the reasons why I think we're so anti-Google on everything is they don't have your best interests in mind. And I'm not gonna rant because all I do is complain about this, but it's just so sad. I hate to tell you, but you are ranting. (laughs) And the final nominee is Greg versus, well, everyone, the world versus Google Partners Changes. Call extensions on off-hour campaigns is a recommendation in an account we have. That is not good. I cannot. I I can't do this and sleep at night. I can't do this to my clients. By implementing these recommendations and the fact that they're saying 
to their partners that you need to implement our recommendations up to a certain level in order to be a partner is shameful. It is shameful. It is criminal. It is, it is, I, I don't even have words. This is so, it's, it's insane. Okay. It is insane that you're going to tell people to do these things, not based off of performance for your client. You're not going to go pull clients and say, hey, how are these partners doing? You're not going to look at, oh, the overall conversion numbers are doing good. You're going to tell me I have to put call extensions in on my off hours accounts. It's criminal. Personally, I think that since we didn't give the partners changes the other award, we should give it this one. That's I, my vote. I, I, I was really agreeing with you <laughs> on this. My opinion is really like I've never seen Greg so like fired up and passionate about something. Like, and I think it spanned like three episodes. Like, I do not <laughs> think it was contained to one episode. And there was just so much to unpack to that rant and i just it really could feel the pain that greg was feeling it was inspirational like i think if we were to make a movie about the google partners changes that meryl streep would play greg wow wow that's yeah. That's the highest honor. Okay. It is. Well, that's enough votes, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wore my Google Partners hoodie the other day and was ashamed, and it's Greg's fault. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unanimous vote. <laughs> the one thing I will say is, every time we've had one of these big problems, we've tried to do something to combat it. We made client dot partners, where if you don't want partners, at least you can go get a badge. And we put out a petition, not that it helped, to try to stop the search query. So we're trying, people. We're trying our best. Clip of the year. Greg's B, ouch. And so then I'm like in a puff and I'm, I got these tree parts and I'm trying to pull this one root out and I'm yanking on this thing. And all of a sudden I feel pain everywhere. Like I got hit by a lightning bolt. I was pulling a root out from a yellow jacket nest and I got stings all over me. I start running around. My dad has a chainsaw. I'm trying to like get him to cut the chainsaw. Every second I'm getting stung by a bee and I've got a yellow jacket in the back of my shirt and it's stinging me and I'm like, cut the chainsaw. I'm getting stung. And I I felt, I got like an instant headache. I got so many stings, like dozens of of these stings because I guess it could keep stinging but not like an ordinary bee. Chicken dinner slash pimple popper and RIP those followers that we lost. <laughs> um, if you have Hulu, Dr. Pimple Popper is a great show. Oh no, it's that that's the one from YouTube, right? She's like an Instagram queen. It's Dr. Sandra Lee. She's out here changing lives every day. And it's just so relaxing to like forget about your own problems for a few minutes and watch her remove someone's lipoma. And no. it literally looks like, you know, a full chicken dinner. It's such a good show. You guys should come on. You would like it. No, no. you can't call somebody's pimple a full chicken dinner. Google search customized headers based on query. We're gonna call this one "Oh dear Lord" because <laughs> Barry. And this is a good nominee for SEOs can't have nice things, but it was also 100%. the whole world. This is an, a nominee for a clocksker as well, because what happens is. The header of Google changes when you would put in something like ideas. So you could say, I want to see flower ideas, and it would pull up a huge image of flowers. So Jess, why don't you all click through there and look at it live? Because the first thing Barry tried to do 
was break it. And <laughs> he went through, and if you've got kids, there's going to be no, nothing inappropriate. It's all, well, it's going to be inappropriate because Barry went through and put in intercourse ideas to see what would show up. And he's like, well, this looks like a doll. And the funny thing is, his face is just like up at the top. His little Google icon is like peering down. And he's kind of like looking at these, these, these photos. And then he put in a couple of other, other terms. Oh. And then he went, if you scroll down a little bit more, he went to the most ridiculous Google header ever. I should, this should be like everybody's background. Through, and he searched for, penis ideas it's just a body part but he searched for penis ideas and then there's a huge amazingly hysterical photo that is not there's no nudity but somebody that seems to be trying to measure something in a nice button greg's haunted halloween decor <laughs> that fell off the wall when he pointed <laughs> what about you greg what's going on over there well i've got a little bit of spook behind me i've got a eyeball look at that <laughs> Are you kidding? Can you believe that that just happened? Did you do that on purpose? No, that it just that fell down right there. The um, I do, I do want to bring up the customized headers again. That was an amazing moment. That was maybe one of the most incredible yeah. threads I've ever seen on Twitter mm-hmm. in all of my time. I don't know. I mean, I've never witnessed magic, and I got to on this show when Greg pointed at his wall and his Halloween decoration fell down, and it was underappreciated in the moment, so I'm giving it a hard vote right now. Mm-hmm. And I I just think there's a, a few things to discuss before I cast my vote. <laughs> and I really... We learned a lot about Shop in the chicken dinner slash pimple popper um, clip where she really has no limits and a very hard stomach. And, but I have to be fair where there is one thing in particular that made it difficult for me to breathe. And that was the Google search customized headers based on query. All right. Winner. Winner. All right, now on to our individual awards here. And first up is the best SEO follow on Twitter. And the nominees are Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe. Barry Schwartz, at Rusty Brick. Aleda Solis, at Aleda. Marie Haynes, at Marie underscore Haynes. And the winner is... And a landslide, Glenn Gay. BFF of the show 2019. And our next category is for best PPC follow. And the nominees are Sir Stephen Johns at Stephen Johns 21, Ginny Marvin at Ginny Marvin, PPC Kirk at PPC Kirk, or Susan Wenegrad at Susan E. Dub. I would just like to point out that I knew all of their handles by heart. I, well, also, you called <laughs> Kirk Williams PPC Kirk. You're like PPC Kirk. He is PPC PPC Kirk. I know. No, I, I know. But you know their handle because that's what you call them by. Yes. 
And the winner here is a clear one, although we have some great nominees. It's Sir Stephen Johns. 21 got another one. He is always <laughs> noticing things happening in Google Ads, sometimes LinkedIn, before anyone else, sometimes months and months before it even hits the news. So thank you, Stephen. Um, and we will accept this award on your behalf. <laughs> no. <laughs> we can try to send it to you. Thanks, Stephen. The next category is Best Social Follow. And the nominees are... David Herman at Herman Digital, Andrew Hutchinson at Ad Hutchinson. Two nominees, 50 <laughs> 50 shot. Uh, Ad Hutch coming in clutch. He writes every single article we've ever reported on yeah. in the social lighting <laughs> realm. reliable. He can't not win, although at Herman Digital props to you, you're in good yeah. company. If there's less than three Andrew Hutchinson articles in the social section of the show, it's a slow news. <laughs> <laughs> this next category is made of sugar, but mostly spice. Keep on listening to who we thought was the most nice. But not <laughs> nice and like being kind. Like, <laughs> as in the best. It's the take of the year. Our first nominee, Janine Monaco, at Janine SEM. Corey Henke, at Corey Henke, says, first question of the session, Q1. What would be the advantages of testing video on YouTube versus Facebook. To which Janine says, not having to deal with the <laughs> Facebook interface. <laughs> next nominee comes from Joe Martinez at Milwaukee PPC on Twitter. And he has a tweet that says, email I just received from a Google rep who I've never talked to before so helpful and in line with my client's goals. And he went out and showed the receipts and the email says, I'm gonna read the portion of the recommendations. Please consider this as a follow-up to the first one I sent. Together with this email are a few other recommendations that would be beneficial to your account and they are as follows. Raise your budgets. <laughs> Warm regards. The warmest. Amazing. <laughs> Coming from a That was great timing. <laughs> and next up from John Kagan, at John Kagan on Twitter. He also heard from a Google Ads rep who said, Hello, John. I have recommendations to improve your account. But first, please tell me what is your business service is. People, this is what the email actually said. John said, I am trying to sell a vineyard. Google said, what kind of services is a vineyard? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever anybody says, I have vineyard again, that's all I'm going to say in response. <laughs> what kind of services is a vineyard? <laughs> oh, our next nominee is James Svoboda at Realicity on Twitter. And he says, New keyword recommendation in a pest control account today. It's good to know that 2020 hasn't affected account recommendations, still as valuable as always. And his recommendation is, exact match, computer mouse. <laughs> Wait, why are we laughing? <laughs> Rounding out this stellar lineup is James Webster 
at PPC underscore Webster. He won take of the year last year, too. Mm, he has a lot mm. at stake. He could be our second back-to-back winner. That is a high, high honor to win a clock skirt two years in a row. I, I, you can't get much better than that. <laughs> His take and nominee for take of the year. Hey, at Google Ads, I've just found a useful recommendation. Top recommendation for you. Don't pass on the 2% digital service tax to advertisers, plus 100% optimization score. Businesses have already had to close stores and make redundancies. (laughs) Recommended because Google made $134.8 billion US dollars in ad revenue in 2019. (laughs) I like this take because you put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, this is really good Photoshop work. This also needs to be on a shirt. Yeah. But I think the winner, you know, it made it on a shirt. It's got to be Joe Martinez. Raise your budgets. (laughs) (laughs) I'll raise my hand for raising my budgets. And next we have a really competitive category. There has been a lot of talk about this one over the past few months. It is for Greg of the Year. I am so excited. (laughs) We know you are. I'm everyone. I'm. I'm. A fight could break out at any moment. <laughs> I'm. i cons- Greg has been not losing sleep over whether or not he's Who's going he to win. Fight? The other Gregs aren't here. They're all in the room. <laughs> can't see him. Like you can't see me. And the other Gregs are Greg Sterling, PPC Greg, at Greg PPC. We can't forget about him. And Greg Finn somehow made the list. <laughs> um, this was a unanimous vote. The winner is BBC Greg. <laughs> Even Greg didn't vote for himself. <laughs> he was one of our I'm best on the show. new <laughs> listeners of 2020. And he finds a lot of good tips. He makes a lot of hot takes. And we're just so glad you're listening, BBC Greg. Yep. I'm already planning for 2021 now. So watch out, <laughs> BBC Greg. You can bribe the host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to know for 2021. <laughs> All right, and now on to the BFF of the show. And we have the nominees Glenn Gabe, Andrea Cruz, Deborah Masteller, and PPC Greg. 2020 Greg of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> Freshly crowned. This is a tight one. This is a tight one. It is. And Glenn Gabe has held this title, um, and he's served it with pride for the past yes. year. We should he's say. put up with our shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this year's BFF of the show, 2020. Folks, we've got a new BFF. Well, I mean, you're still BFF forever. But 2020, BFF of the show, Andrea Cruz, mainly because she came on and hopped on two of our marketing a talk episodes when they weren't even really formulated that well. Mm-hmm. They actually came, they were fantastic, but they were mm-hmm. sort of like just a thought at the time and she came on both of those and has been so supportive through the years for us. We really appreciate it. But this mm-hmm. was a really well-rounded category and we would like to thank all of our BFFs. Yeah, Except we're Greg. All friends. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's still if that is his real name. <laughs> God, <it's> fired. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope we didn't lose a friend there. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize this was the end. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. <laughs> um, that concludes the 2020 Clockskers. Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the show this year. Um, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Yeah. Can't believe you listened through our bad audio and um, all the crazy pandemic stories, even when you weren't driving in your car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we actually have awards coming out too, so you'll get some DMs. It may be a little bit slow, but there's awards coming your way, actual physical awards, so enjoy. I know. It's just really a shame we couldn't have all of the red carpet celebrities we usually have, <laughs> right. but next year once we have events again, I'm, I'm sure that... Um, We'll have lots of celebrities in attendance oh, at the Clockskers. Also, last minute category, best new co-host, Mark. Oh, yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the good things in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for not letting the year be a total loss. I, I've never been more touched. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we don't have an award for you. <laughs> and we will see you next year. 